How are you guys tonight? Doing great. Good. <laughs> we are so glad that you were able to stay up and meet with us tonight. Thanks so much for making the time. Thank you for asking us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Sure. And we had such an enjoyable time watching the video from Kaylin Cohen. So thank you and thanks to the boys. I don't know if they made it to bed on time tonight, but it was very fun for us. <laughs> That's great. Well, Gus and Melissa, we always like to start our time by just finding out a little bit more about you guys and what the Lord has done in your lives so that we can get a picture of what is going on in your world. So tell us how you each became Christians. How did you each come to know the Lord? Well, I, I was uh, raised in a Christian home uh, with parents that loved the Lord and were very involved. Um, and um, But uh, I made a profession of faith when I was five, uh, but obviously I wasn't truly saved. I didn't really understand the gospel. I mean, I knew what sin was, but I, I didn't understand truly uh, what Christ did on the cross. And but throughout, you know, my, you know, the rest of the time until I was in, in college, I just kept on pretty much at every camp uh, repenting, quote unquote, and asking Jesus into my heart, uh, uh, recommitting uh, myself. But it wasn't until I was in college, I think it was probably my second year in college, that I truly understood, uh, you know, who God was. Um, you know, I, here I was hearing, you know, through high school, hearing amazing preaching from John MacArthur and, you know, at the high school ministry at Grace Church. But I, I didn't really, that wasn't, you know, penetrating my heart. But when I was in college, I remember uh, taking a class on how to uh, share the gospel because uh, I went to a secular university. And little did I know that God was really going to share the gospel <laughs> with me. And I truly understood what, you know, God's justice was. And it was great to to see, uh, you know, all these. And I remember driving home, I, and I was driving through, uh, uh, I was taking the 118 home. And I, re I remember exactly where I was and just saying, you know, I, I really need to, to change. I don't know what it is. And I asked God to, to forgive me. And, and truly after that, uh, my life changed. I, I started reading the Word of God and listening to to preaching, and even when I didn't have to, uh, which was a huge change uh, for me. Uh, so I went to soon after that. I went to college pastor, and I asked him to baptize me. And uh, uh, so I've been baptized twice, uh, but it was it's been great because one of them I wasn't saved. So that's how I came to know the Lord. My testimony is actually similar in the sense that I was raised in a nominal Christian home, but I grew up at Grace. Um, I was homeschooled. I went to the Master's College back when it was the Master's College. Um, and I made a profession of faith as well when I was younger. I was baptized by Rick Holland in junior high. And then, um, but then after graduating from college, I realized that I wasn't saved and kind of walked away and then the Lord just brought me back and um, I actually started going back to Grace and sometime around there I saw the gospel being lived out and became saved and actually was also baptized a second time as well in college so 
Now, it sounds like you guys were living lives kind of parallel to each other at Grace Community Church. So when did the meeting happen? (laughs) In the same wedding. We were in the same wedding. But we didn't didn't know each other. We never met. Wow. So tell us when this all happened. And how did you guys end up meeting? And you were similar or walking near each other all the time, it sounds like, but not actually making a connection. Well, because I, when I came back to Grace um, and I started going to... Um, a college group Bible study. He was at the Bible study, and I thought he was very cute. And um, no, he was also a <laughs> un- <laughs> um, and he became like really good friends. And um, then the rest is history. But it came like around that time when I when we came when I came back, and he was already there. So that yes. was almost seventeen years. Do you want to add any comment there? You look like you wanted to say something. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. <laughs> well, the Lord obviously had plans for you guys as a husband and wife together, and you have a wonderful family. So tell us about your kids and what each of them are up to. If you go to our first slide, you can see we have three boys. Um, Kale is 10. He has the blue sweatshirt on and he's in fifth grade. And then Cohen is the middle child with the gray sweatshirt and he is eight in second grade. And then Keen is, uh, our surprise child who is, uh, will be two in July. So we, um, they actually go to the public school here in Spain, um, in Spanish and they, um, they have perfect Spanish. They correct me, thankfully. Um, I just tell them don't. Yeah, I just tell them don't. Wait till we leave the store before you correct me. Um, and then um, they they take karate classes and music lessons, piano lessons. They play piano. So those are our our boys. That's great. Now, how did you guys decide that the Lord was calling you to serve in Spain? So we were, um, we never left the college group. We were in the college group that we met at, and we, we stayed there. Gus was a shepherd at one of the Bible studies there. And so we were already serving, and um, then Gus started seminary. And so we were... Yeah, I've always, we always had a heart for, for missions, and we didn't know exactly where we wanted to end up. We we had been to several STMs, uh, even as, you know, single and then married. And we knew that uh, Western Europe was was very dark. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I was in seminary and I always wanted to train men. That was uh, my priority. And so... Um, and be involved in the local church. And be involved in the local church. Like we had already yeah. been at Grace. And then also we really wanted to be a part of... Uh, uh, we wanted to be a part of a uh, of a seminary, uh, you know, that would train men. So um, it was ten years ago, almost, you know, to the month where I was. We were presented with the opportunity of to to come to Spain to check out the a new ministry that they were going to start. There was a, a, a master seminary graduate who wanted to, you know, in the future start a seminary. So I came first here, and Lord really just knitted my heart. Uh, with the with the people here, and but the only problem was that Melissa didn't speak Spanish. I grew up speaking Spanish, but but she didn't. So I went back home, and um, you know I kind of presented her the opportunity, and I said, "You you might need to learn Spanish." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, 
which she really surprised me. She said, well, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely I'll learn it. And uh, I knew that that was kind of the answer that, you know, that really of all of our prayers that we really wanted to end up in a place that could use our, our gifts, but we wanted to be involved in the local church, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, a huge part of the ministry. And as you will hear soon, uh, it is a huge part of our ministry, the local church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's wonderful to hear the Lord's providence and how he puts you exactly where he wants you. Well, yeah. obviously, we know Spain has a very long history and especially a long religious history. So could you bring us up to speed a little bit? Tell us a little bit about the history of Spain in terms of their religion and just kind of tell us what the current atmosphere is like, the religious atmosphere for you guys. I studied history in, in college, and Melissa actually just whispered to me, if you didn't hear she said, keep it short. <laughs> so. Everyone, get out your pencils. Here we go. <laughs> I'll do that. No, um, I'll try to. I'll try to be quick, and you can interject. But uh, basically, <laughs> Spain has been influenced with, uh, by Catholicism for over a millennia, and um, uh, in fact, the first believers are uh, are thought to be disciples of Paul here. Uh, so they were Christian, and then Catholicism just basically took a hold of of, of the very uh, peninsula, not only Spain but also Portugal. Uh, but um, when the Reformation happened after the Middle Ages, there were some uh, Spanish reformers that started translating the Bible into Spanish. But quickly, uh, as you probably learned in school, uh, the Spanish Inquisition you know, took care of, of any kind of Reformation that was here. And in fact, the Reformation started not, not far from us, probably an hour and a half uh, from us, uh, the, the, uh, the Inquisition. So it's always been very, very Catholic. And uh, it wasn't until the mid-19th century that the first British missionaries came and planted different churches. The, the church that we're a part of uh, here in Leon was planted in the mid-19th century by a British missionary. And I think slowly the Lord brought people uh, to himself. But it's always the, the Protestants have always been seen like a pariah. And then during the 1930s, after the Spanish Civil War, uh, until the 1970s, there was a uh, uh, systematized, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the church was kind of persecuted um, in the beginning pretty badly. And in the end, it was basically just the neighbors didn't want a church in their neighborhood. So they would, you know, get the police to get rid of them. Uh, uh, but from the 1970s on, I think um, the Lord really had opened a lot of opportunities for the gospel. Uh you know, the Catholic Church doesn't have the hold uh, that it did uh, back then, even though it's still a Christian country. Um, like you would say that most people that we know here on their own don't go to church. Yeah, it's, I mean, no one that we know, right? Yeah, it's just because of the Catholicism, Spain is just very dark, spiritually speaking. And they actually did a poll, and one in every four people... Yeah. Person yeah. is an atheist, and if you um, survey people between 18 and 35, 50 percent are atheists. And so, um, people are open. Like we've had yeah. over since we've been here, we've been here seven years. I've had several people ask me, you know, what is the difference between Catholicism and Protestantism? Like we have to be really careful that we can that we identify ourselves separately. Mm-hmm. And so people will ask you. You know, oh, what is the difference? They've never even heard of Protestant. Yeah, you never say you're a Christian here because everybody's a Christian. Right. So you say we're Protestant. Right. Uh, because but they don't know what a, what a you know, everybody's a Christian. Yeah. Right. But they'll ask you just to be polite. 
Um, but people are just really nominal in their religious activity. Like we don't know anybody, any any Catholics that go to mass every week. Um, it's just, it's very nominal, nominal. And among the younger generation, even less than that. And so it's just, um, like kind of open, but just very dark overall. Well, you guys are living in Leon, Spain, which is kind of to the north. Tell us a little bit about your city and what it looks like and what life is like for you guys there. So we actually have slides. If you go to where it says around our city. Got it. We have it up. Okay. So uh, our city is kind of like the size of Santa Clarita. There's about 170,000 people that live here. It's Santa Clarita, but very compact. I mean, you can walk the city in about 30 minutes mm -hmm. from yeah. one. So there's a lot of apartment buildings and very, very compacted. Uh, and it has a, a, it's a really beautiful city. Uh, we love it. And uh, there's a lot of really old things uh, around here to see. The Romans founded the city uh, before Christ. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, we live right across the street from a uh, Roman uh, uh, bridge that was built in the first century. So actually, uh, if you go, the, so the very first slide is the boys at the park. Yeah. When it snowed, a lot of these were taken recently because it's, it's been snowing. And then, because Gus is talking about the bridge. Yeah, and the bridge is. And the bridge is like two slides down. And so yeah. then the next slide is the view from our living room window. Wow. And it snowed. We woke up to that one morning. It's beautiful. And then the very next slide down is the, the three boys. And that is the yeah. Roman bridge that Gus is talking about. Yeah, it's like the one in the background. Yeah, it's across the street from us now. Can we and, go down? I can't. And, um, I mean, so we, we really have, I mean, we're really blessed to be here. Uh, and it's a really beautiful city. Like, so th because the city is so small, uh, we're able to kind of walk everywhere. Yeah. Um, we live very close to everything, school, church, yeah, we everything. Live, really. We live right in the center. And so a lot of our daily life is actually spent um, walking and we will go days without using our car even, which is definitely an adjustment from in the States where you drive everywhere, where now we walk um we walk to a lot of places, and we do have a large grocery store that I, that we go to. We do do weekly um, grocery shopping, like I did in the states. But then we also have a lot of smaller stores that we can only access walking, and we can only pay cash at. And so, like the bakery and the pharmacy, um, if we want really good meat or good produce, like we'll go to those types of places. And so we kind of have um, the best of we have, you know, a lot of more modern stuff that is large. But then we also still have a lot of smaller. A lot of smaller stuff and so like if you the next slide is um us we were walking from school um and that was that's like the street behind our house and then the next slide is um right across from our house that hotel that was in the, the that was covered with snow and because we live in an apartment a lot of times we'll take our boys out on scooters um just so they can get some exercise and they're like riding scooters in front of a Hotel, well, it was a monastery. Monastery? Yeah, monastery, yeah. From like the... The 12th century. Yeah. So our boys are exercising in front of a beautiful... Um, and then the next slide is Hien, um walking on that bridge that Gus was talking about, yeah. on that very old bridge. And you can see um, in the distance, like the modern um, buildings that were built right at the end of the bridge. And so 
it's just a very interesting clash of like super modern and then very very ancient and then the very last picture is um right across the street from our house the cherry blossoms or flowers are in bloom and so it's really pretty and that's just like right across the street and so we we have it's um very set up for walking everywhere there's pedestrian crosswalks and large sidewalks that have no car access and so it's like really safe to walk and, uh, and people are out all the time walking and so um it's very very different i feel like then we go to the states and everybody's in their cars and if we walk they look at us like what are you doing walking <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Well, it certainly is beautiful. Well, we were also just thinking about, as we you were saying a moment ago, just about the nominalism and just really the atheism that is so pervasive. And just looking at the city and seeing those tall buildings, obviously those are filled with people, and your city is obviously filled with people walking. And just thinking about that, the Lord has obviously placed you guys there, and he's placed you with a team from Grace Church, which is really exciting to think about, just the team from... Uh, Grace in Spain, you guys are with the Robles, the Vaderas, the Corrals, and the Taurus, and you're kind of spread out in the country, and we're going to look at a map just to kind of see what our team is like in Spain. Um, but tell us a little bit about the ministry that you guys are all a part of, that you all are unified in in the training that's going on in the country of Spain. Yeah, uh, we are all in, uh, involved in the same seminary. Uh, it's called the Berea Seminary. And we started back in 2011, uh, David Robles and I. David is the pastor of the church here. And we started uh, with classes training the men in our church. Uh, and within a year, we were invited by four churches down south, Spain, about seven and a half hours from us. Uh, they wanted some training, so we went down and trained 16 men. Uh, we would, you know, we, we did like intensive weekends and we would go down for a weekend and did like 16 hours of classes and then we'd come back on, on Sunday night. And, um, and so within a couple of years, uh, more and more people were asking to be trained. So in, uh, 2014, we opened up, uh, registration for anyone in the peninsula that wanted to, to get trained. When I talk about the peninsula, I'm talking about the, the whole country of Spain. Uh, so uh, soon after that, well, we, you know, the Lord opened that uh, opportunity to train uh, also in southeastern uh, Spain in another uh, extension. Uh, so, so far we have 23 graduates uh, and we are having 17 men graduate in June. So there's going to be 40 men by the time that, uh, you know, by, by June. And we have two locations at the moment. And we have two degree programs. One of them is a uh, expository preaching. We teach them how to preach and how to uh, and hermeneutics and exegesis. And then there's another program that, that deals with Bible and theology that you know these men need to kind of complement their preaching. Um, so I am in charge of uh, I'm, a, I'm what they call the dean of students. I'm in charge of uh, dealing with every single student that comes in uh, and. And dealing with our home churches, uh, since our our seminary is not a residency program, it's they don't come and stay with us for three years, but rather they they stay in their home churches. They're bivocational pastors, and they come for intensive weekends. Um, I have to deal with our local churches, usually with their elders, and usually the people that come to us are guys who have been preaching uh, for a while, 
their elders or pastors, and they want some more training. So I deal with that and like more of the public relations aspect. And also I teach uh, Old Testament uh, hermeneutics, uh, and I started teaching theology uh, this year as well. So it, it, it's, been a, it's been a joy. And our students come from all over Spain. From It's a small country. You can drive from one point to, uh, to from north and south in 10 hours. So it's a small country, uh, which makes it great. So everybody can come to where we are, uh, and, and they don't have to drive a lot. Uh, and also we've, we have students from Portugal. Great. Now, guess just random question, but you were talking about how, again, it's just very uncommon for people to even know what Protestantism thank you, is. Um, but so is that very uncommon to have a seminary in Spain, or are there other seminaries as well that these men could be trained at, or how are these men kind of getting training if it wasn't for Berea Seminary? There are a few seminaries. Um, I am not familiar with, and I mean, there might be some good seminaries out there. I'm not familiar with any seminaries that are not tied to a denomination, uh, we are non-denominational, so we, we would take anyone from any denomination. Uh, some of them, would, you know, if you're a Baptist, you have to go to a Baptist seminary, or if in order to go to a Baptist seminary, you have to belong to the Baptist Union. Uh, it, with us, it's, it's not that. And a lot of the seminaries here have gone the way of postmodernism, where they're not teaching the Bible, or the Bible is just a document, uh, an old document. Uh, or um, they're no longer teaching preaching because you shouldn't preach anymore to people. You should come to an agreement with people, and all of you can teach together. Yeah. Uh, so that's another very big European thing where you don't no longer no longer preach. You just ask for feedback from people. Mm-hmm. So we really go back to the basics of you know the Bible tells us to preach. Paul tells Timothy he needs to preach. Uh, so we're telling you you need to preach as well. Um, so that that's been it's it's I don't know of a seminary like like ours, um, but it doesn't mean that in other parts of Spain there aren't seminaries that are being faithful to God's word. I just don't know that. Sure. Well, it's so encouraging to see how the Lord is building Bria Seminary and the reputation of it. And as men come, more men are coming, and praise the Lord, they're going back to their churches and being faithful there. So that's super yeah. exciting. In addition to the seminary, a huge portion of your guys' ministry is with your church, as you mentioned a a moment ago. Tell us more about that, because you guys celebrated a huge milestone recently, and we'd love to hear about that. Yeah, well, our church, as I said, was planted back in the mid-19th century, Uh, but it wasn't until 20 years ago, uh, uh, really, the church was really small until about 20 years ago. And in the last three years, the church has experienced uh, a lot of growth. and spiritually speaking and numerically, we have about 120 adults and uh, 50 kids, which that's that's huge for Spain. That's like a mega church because hmm. uh, most churches are between 20 and 30 people. Hmm. Uh, so um, you want to tell them a lot? If about- you, we actually have slides. There's a new church title right there. And so um, we were given a piece of land right in the center of our city. And um, so if you kind of, you can kind of slide, uh, go through the different slides. Um, last weekend, we met for the first time in this new building. And it's how long have we been building? Seven years? Or? No, six years. No, we broke, we broke around it six years ago. So it's just like super exciting to be in this church um, because it's 
we were we had really outgrown our, our church before and we were very cramped and um so the auditorium is yet to be completed but one of the meeting rooms is bigger than our old church and so we have now have um a lot more space there's there's two stories as you can see there's a place for the kids to run outside that's like enclosed where before it was like on the street and they would always run into where the cars were um and so it's just like there and there's a lot of light um there's a nursery each sunday school there's as Gus said 50 kids so now each sunday school has its own classroom which we did not have before the, the nursery is the very last slide um which we did not have a nursery um uh, like, a, like a dedicated nursery, which is really exciting because, as you can see, there's a lot of um, little ones, and there's six women pregnant in our church right now. And so we have 50 children, which is a huge um, amount of children because most churches in Spain have, like, 10, 10 kids in the entire congregation. And so, um, you know, Spain has the lowest birth rate in Europe. And it has unfortunately affected the church, and but not our church. <laughs> so we have a lot of kids, and um, it's just really exciting. We have um, an opportunity. We have a, a like a really large foyer, and so just it, it really encourages and um, the fellowship and all the different ways that we can serve. And so we um, are like we can't even tell you how thankful we are to be in this place. So hopefully the auditorium will be opened in October. Is the date that we September October yeah yeah are hoping for so because we're kind of crowded in the meeting room yeah which is a great problem to have yeah, yeah. that's great and tell us about the property itself because that's a huge piece of this too is that it's right in the middle of the city isn't it right, right in it's the- right in the middle of the city it's like um 10 15 minutes from the downtown area like the where the cathedral is but then it's like right across from like a major walking. yeah. And then, but then it's, it's like also 10 or 15 minutes the other way walking to like the major mall and it's right in like a, um, residential area as well. Everything's like really close together. And so it's just like a central, um, place. And so we tell everybody about the building and we've had already people walking in off the street out of curiosity. And so it's really and sitting at the services and hearing God's word. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, they want to know what, what's there. What is this yeah. big building? And so that we're really excited about it. Great. And this was just last Sunday was the first time you were actually there together. Wonderful. That's great. How exciting, you guys. Well, we'll be interested in lots more stories of how the Lord is using that building in the life of your church. That's great to hear. Also wanted to highlight, Melissa, what you're doing each day is obviously you have the very high calling of being a busy wife and mother at this point in your life. And we just wanted to hear about your daily schedule and what you're up to and how the Lord's using you there. So, um, my schedule is definitely different than if we were in the States. Um, the boys go to school, like we mentioned before, they're in the the local public school and they go to school from nine to two. And then we actually eat together as a family at like two 30 and that's our main meal of the day. And so that's like our family time. And then dinner is like, you know, at night and that's like your guys' dinner time. That's our lunch time. So it's, it's a, a definitely reverse. And so in the morning I'm home alone with Kian and that's when I can get like um, laundry and cooking and cleaning and all that stuff done. And we do have some, um, we've had Bible studies or I meet with them and have coffee and stuff like that, but it's mostly doing typical mom duties until the boys come from school. 
And then um, you had asked about local church involvement because we local church is really important, and um, especially for me because I'm obviously not teaching at the seminary. And so my um, involvement or my ministry is, is limited to the local church. And so um, we have our women's ministry is really active. And so I've been able to teach at the – we have like a, a monthly Bible study for all of the church, and then we have like book studies. And um, actually, if you go down, there's a ministry category – and the very first slide is Gus teachings. Of course, that's the most important. And then um, the next slide after Gus, that's me teaching at. Um, we have that. That's like our monthly Bible study, and that's in our old facility. We have about, I would say, almost forty women that come to that. And so Boyda, Jen, and I take turns teaching there. And then the next slide down is. Um, we do baby showers. And so that's, I put that slide there just so you can kind of see that um, that's most of the women of our church and the women in the front with the yellow shirt is obviously very pregnant. And um, so they, they call them baby showers. There's not even like a, a uh, translation for that name. And it's like this American tradition that we have brought over. And so it's really fun. It's a really fun ministry. And um, uh, we all take turns speaking at it. So I'm speaking at a Bible study, um, baby shower in a couple of weeks. And then the next slide down is um, a book study that I lead, and we're going through um, Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin, and it's, how, it's a Bible study method on how to study the Bible. And so that is um, uh, that was last month that I took that picture as we were, they were doing that. So um, it's, it's really exciting. And then with the new church, with that really large foyer area that we have, um, they we started a um, welcome table, which is like the Crossroads Connection, like a just a table in the in the um, uh, entryway to kind of welcome new people, and we always have um, like something sweet to have, like something sweet to eat, and coffee, and um, Gospels of John, and flyers about the church, and so I'm able to coordinate that and um, help the different people serve every week, and then. We typically have a lot of people over um, Gus's home on Sunday, and so. Um, and Friday night, Friday night is pizza night, so Melissa makes homemade pizza. Yeah. So we have people from church. Yeah. They fight, literally fight to <laughs> eat Melissa's pizza. Well, because the Spanish pizza is different than the American pizza, so um, it, it's it's we are really involved, but then it's also just making sure that we have time for our family, and you know, always that balance of being wise with our time. So. Yeah, but we're thankful that we have a local church. We're thankful that we have opportunities to serve, and we have a thriving congregation that allows us to be a part of that. It's a huge blessing that we don't take for granted. That's great. A full schedule, but very full with wonderful things and exciting to see how the Lord is working. That's great. Well, ladies, we have time for maybe one or two questions. Yes, Roseanne, you want to come over? We have a question coming. Prepare yourself. <laughs> Melissa, are you teaching in Spanish? Yeah, yes. Awesome. There was lots of wows and oohs and ahs. That's good. We're, I, we're encouraging yes. you. That's wonderful. <laughs> yes. I've been teaching in Spanish for three, yeah. three, four years now. And um, I recently was asked to teach somewhere and I dug out the notes that I like from one of my first messages and I realized that those first couple couple times that I taught I had no idea what I was saying. <laughs> so I was just practicing and reading it aloud and um and so this last time I actually was able to write it and uh read it in uh 
all in Spanish, which is a huge um, milestone. So, I mean, my Spanish is very, very far from being perfect, but... Oh, it's great. But I have a choice, because there's nobody here to translate, and there's nobody that speaks English, so... That's great. Best way to learn, right? You just force yourself. <laughs> That's great. Well, we're going to put up the map and show where all the families are serving. So we can see a map of all the families there, and we can tell that you guys are mostly located in Leon, except for the Corrals are in Madrid and the Torres are in Marin. But yeah. each of the, the Torres and the Corrals also help out in the seminary. And how do they do that, um, Gus? Are they teaching at a different location? Or do they come to Leon on occasion, or how does that work out? Yeah, they usually come to Leon every single time we have seminary because okay. both of them are teaching, and um, and they also go down to the uh, to the southeast. Okay. Uh, so for uh, the the tourists, it's harder because they're uh, exactly ten hours from from the southeast. Okay. Uh, so they're like the two farthest points in Spain. But he does, you know, he teaches a lot, so he needs to to do that too. So. It's been great to have that team because I never forget what someone told me. An old missionary once said to me, never underestimate uh, the like-mindedness in the team. Mm -hmm. And these guys, we've all been trained at the same place. We believe the same things. Mm -hmm. And even though we, we don't live near each other, uh, we every time we see each other, it's, it's great. And the wives, too. Like, we love each other. We all get along. We we really are so thankful for yeah. the people in Leon, the Robuses and the Videras. We like, they're our favorite people to hang out with. Like, we yeah. love each other. It's a huge blessing. And you guys we all are... have really cute kids, so that's good, too. <laughs> We're hoping there's some intermarriage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll add that to the prayer list. We'll add that to the prayer list. <laughs> that's great, you guys. Well, it really is such an encouragement to see the Lord building that team and obviously adding more to it and, and just working in, in that whole country. So praise the Lord. Well, let us know, you guys, what can we be praying for? Because we'd love to finish our time here and together with you in prayer, and we'd love to know what we specifically can be praying about. Well, um, um, I'll say one, and you want to say a couple more? <laughs> but, you know, we we really have been praying a lot for the completion of our uh, auditorium in our church, and it will really make things easier as to, you know, right now we're really cramped even in this new place. Uh, so we really hope that we can open uh, and be able to open that up uh, so people can come and hear the Word of God. Um, like we said, and we've said it a couple of times now, church is the most important thing and um, for us, and we really want to serve and we want people to hear the gospel, and we want to have a place to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. So pray for that. Pray that the Lord would really uh, help us to complete uh, uh, that uh, auditorium. And then also pray for the 17 graduates who are, will be graduating in June. Uh, all of these guys have churches. You know, we don't need to place them. Uh, but, you know, it is a, a challenge for these guys. Now they're not no longer going to be in seminary and, uh, you know, life starts for real uh, for them. So just pray for them. Pray that they be strong. Uh, when they face persecution, uh, even in their own churches. Mm. And then the salvation of our boys. That's always yeah. so important. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and let's pray right now, and we'll lift these things up before the Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, what an encouragement to hear how you are building your church in Spain, God. And we're so thankful that even hearing the long history and how the gospel message was planted so many years ago, Lord, that it could not be squelched, Lord, because you are 
always true and your word is always going to last and live on father and we're so thankful for the faithful testimonies of truth that live on lord and how you are now growing your church and growing the Berea seminary lord father we thank you so much for the pedals that you have brought them to leon spain to be a part of this vibrant ministry lord we thank you so much for their leadership in the church and in the seminary. We thank you so much for their testimony and how they live and how they parent and how they live as a married couple, Lord. And we pray that you would continue to grow that and strengthen that, Lord, that you would uphold them, Father, in all righteousness and truth, that you would help them to shine brightly, Lord, as they live their lives there. God, we pray for the men in the seminary. We thank you for each of those 17 men, Lord, and what a blessing that they already have their own congregations to go to, Father. And I pray that they would be welcomed back and received well, Lord, as they return back now after their training is complete. We ask, Father, that you would help them to be gracious and patient as they teach their churches now and teach their, their body of believers, Father, to love your word and to follow it faithfully. We pray that you would encourage them and bless them. I pray that they would be surrounded with solid fellowship, Lord, that they can be spurred on to uh, continue on faithfully in the ministry. We pray for each of their families, for their wives, that they would encourage them, for their children, Lord, that you would guard them and protect them as well. Lord, we also want to pray for the church. We thank you so much for the church that truly stands like a lighthouse, Father, in the city. Father, we just pray that you would continue to use that as a a door that many non-believers would just flock to, Lord, and wander in and get to, by God's grace, hear the gospel message. Lord, we pray that you would help them to finish the sanctuary. We thank you for just these long years of people um, participating in the building of that seminary and, and of the church, Lord. We pray that you would help them to finish the auditorium, that they could use it fully, Lord, for your glory. Father, we do pray for Kale, for Cohen, for Kean. And, Lord, we ask that you would work in each of their hearts, Father, that they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior and that they would follow you all of their days. Lord, we pray mm -hmm. that you would give them a desire as well to serve you with all of their heart, Lord. And, Father, we just pray that you continue to bless Melissa and her ministries in the home as well as with the ladies in the church. We thank you so much for the hunger, Father, in the church that we see there and even in the seminary, Lord. And we just pray that you continue to build up Gus and Melissa to not grow weary in doing good, Lord, but to be faithful, to um, serve, Lord, with joy and with grace, Father. We thank you so much for the other families in Spain. We thank you for the unity that you have created, Lord, on that team because they're all unified in Christ and in your purposes, Lord. We pray that you would continue to use them mightily for the sake of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Gus and Melissa, we are so thankful to be able to talk to you today. We're going to give you a little pan around the room so we can all say a little hello and goodbye to you. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get a little peek of all the ladies who have come. <laughs> get ready to wave. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> One more section. There we go. Thank you again, you guys. We're just so thankful for you. We're continue to pray for you and all that the Lord's doing through you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you for God bless you guys. Bye. Bye-bye.